Welcome to the HU Powership Podcast. Welcome to the HU Powership Podcast. You can find us at www.hupowership.com where we talk about the Pirates. It's year five and episode number 52. I'm your host, Big Reek, along with Hamptonite from the HU Powership. What's going on, man? The real HU won again. <laughs> well, you know what? You're absolutely right, man. I mean, it's always great when the real HU, you know, actually wins. You know, shout out to B4L Bison for Life. You know, I'm sorry if you felt bad last week that we were a little bit, how should I say, um, how, how insulting to his program. It's not that we did not mean to be. It's just that, you know, I guess that's the intensity of our rivalry somewhat. So I'm happy about the, our showing this past week, and I wish it would, we would have shook use that same level of intensity against uh, Virginia Union but hey, you know, I'll take it Yep, true, perhaps we were overlooking Virginia Union but I'm going to try to never talk about that game again I'm, I'm <laughs> this could be uh, something I'm aiming to do but yeah, Bison for Life, friend of the show but those wolf tickets from uh, Bison fans I mean, those Howard <laughs> folks are the biggest trash talkers I've ever met um, uh, especially at HV, HBCU talk trash anytime anywhere man I mean and that is what I think that a lot of Bison alums don't understand you know they're the biggest wolf ticket sellers I ever seen in my life <laughs> they swear that they swear they can take you to the woodshed and beat you down based upon who they are then at the same time once you you know, prove that you that you've beaten them. It's you know, it's tail between the legs. <laughs> right. It's kind of like you know when we play Norfolk State. If we beat Norfolk State, oh. you know, I might I might still give a Norfolk State a pound. They'd be like, "Good game, man." You know, might give yeah. me another hug. How is that? Y'all still ain't. <laughs> y'all still exactly. an institute. Y'all ain't nothing. <laughs> like we just beat you, man. <laughs> exactly. Like you know, Howard is like you know when you see these world star hip hop videos, and it's like it's two people who are engaged into our a life and death battle and one person comes out the victor the other guy I'm going to go to the car and get my gun <laughs> right. that's what a Howard student you know right on the man fight's over with man fight's <laughs> over you tell me I'm going to get my gun I'm going to Trump you know it's like okay you lost the fight you know let it go it's okay yeah, it's yeah. over with let no it state, go no state dude will be like you know what yeah, you know, they want to shake, shake it up. You know, matter of fact, I need to learn how you fought like that, you know. So, you know, it's always love when Norfolk State, when we, you know, because even if we lost in Norfolk State, we're not, you know, you got it. You got it. You did. You did. You did what you needed to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right on. So, yeah, man, we, we took the took the game. So, uh, Real HU once again on this episode, we'll go over that uh, victory. Um Review the Big South scoreboard, 
then the MEAC scoreboard, and then preview our upcoming game against Liberty. So let's jump on into it. Hampton uh, beat Howard in the Chicago Classic 41-20. to um, Yeah, it started out slow. Unfortunately, it's like the game nobody saw, unless you were there because it wasn't on TV. But I did uh, listen to it, um, so I tried to uh, imagine what was happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a slow start. Um, Hampton um, got it going in the second quarter, scored 20 points, took a 20-13 to 13 lead in the halftime, and ended up winning 41-20. to 20. Um, From everything I saw online, um, it was a pretty good game. A lot of Hampton, Chicago alums. I know a couple out there, and everybody seemed uh, to really enjoy themselves. So it looked like it was a fun time and made fun by the fact that we won. So that's four in a row. Uh, in the series for Hampton. Um, so we got a swagger back as far as that is concerned. Um, so, yeah, man, we'll jump into um, the good. We always review the good and the bad from uh, the football game. So we'll talk about the good. A lot of good things to talk about. Like I said, people had a lot of fun, great atmosphere. Um, I used to go to this game uh, or whenever Hampton played up in the Giant Stadium in New Jersey. So I know that atmosphere. People tailgating until halftime. You know, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that was a Whitney Young classic. There. Yep, yep, that was great. That was one of the things that made me go to Hampton. So, um, fun time. Uh, but also, DeAndre Francois. Um, so, now we see what all the hype was about. He had four touchdowns, um, no interceptions. He had uh, his touchdowns were uh, 70 yards to Jadakiss. I mean, 70 yards to um, Darren Butts, 68 yards to Jadakiss Bonds, five yards. Uh, touchdown again to Bonds and then another uh, touchdown to Kieran uh, Catlett. So um, he was nice, man. He won the game MVP and also the Big South Player of the Week, man. What is what do you think about uh, that performance um, by DeAndre? Well, you know what? I think it was probably one of the first complete performances that he had this year. I know we did get uh, a little snippet of it, you know, when he played against Elizabeth City. You know, it was just uh, it. You know, he threw a couple touchdown passes, and the coaches wanted to yank him out before he got hurt or anything like that. But um, it was a very good performance. You know, four touchdowns, no picks. You know, the uh, seventy yardage to Darren Butts. You know, Darren Butts showed his speed. You know, a sixty-eight yard pass to Jada Kiss Bonds, a five-yard pass, which to me in the end zone, you know, it shows his accuracy and his precision because to me. That pass right there is what I would call a pro, uh, a, a pro throw, you know, because it's hard for any quarterbacks, you know, once you receive the, once you get within the red zone, you know, area, you know, that to me is where the real test of accuracy starts. And I think DeAndre Francois, you know, really showed that he could have like a serious, uh, a serious game, you know, uh, he has serious accuracy in, within that part of the uh, his game. You know, Jada Kiss Bonds, three catches, 75 yards, two TDs, and a 44-yard touchdown, you know. That, to me, is something that, if I'm a scout, I'm starting to look at. And then, you know, uh, of course, Chris Mangulo, you know, that one interception, five pass breakups, you know, he was all over the place. But, you know, I think for me, something that we did not discuss as of yet, it was the uh, it's the linebacking core. You know, DeAndre Falk, Mason King, Anthony Jones. You know, uh, we had, uh, of course, uh, and, you know, I, sometimes we see uh, Tyler Frazier. You know, he gets in that box. 
You know, that is a very, very solid group. And they actually play pretty well against, you know, the Bison um, offense, you know. Uh, um, Kalen Newton, you know, he struggled, you know, with those guys. And this was a young group, you know, with Foster, you know, um, you know, this is definitely a young group with, uh, Falk, Anthony Jones, and Mason King. You know, these are some, these are some really good playmakers. And, and they're fast saw, too. And they're fast. You know, they're, they're sideline to sideline guys and they can play out in the coverage, you know. So this is what impressed me. And I, and I see what, I see why Prunty wanted to bring those guys in because, you know, they're not what I would say the quintessential, you know, that six foot three, 265 pound linebackers right. that, you know, Joe Taylor used to recruit, you know, those, those plug holes, you know, three, four space eating linebackers. These are guys that, you know, you can catch them out in coverage. They can run sideline to sidelines in there. I would say they're, they're pretty lengthy, you know, Mason King, six foot two, you know, DeAndre Fox, six foot two. I know Anthony Jones is more of five eleven. You know he's two thirty, but he's a guy I would say he's more of a plug type of linebacker, a guy a thumper. And so you know I think you get um, a very balanced effort you know from that core. Yep, very true, man. Yeah, it was a pretty a great um, effort um, by the entire team, and also like you mentioned, the defense um, shutting down, not shutting down, but limiting. Um, uh, the Bison offense because they're pretty prolific. I mean, they can move the ball pretty much against anyone, and so we stiffened up when we needed to. And then there was another appearance from somebody that we've been waiting for, uh, which is uh, Shook <laughs> Fraser. So he was out there too, man, making uh, eating up some space. So um, things are coming together on that defensive line. So they look pretty good, man. He's um, out there with that green hair. Did you know? Oh, uh, he had green hair. I noticed. <laughs> yeah, green hair. You know, I mean, I never seen that before. You know, I mean, hey, but that's that kind of that new, you know, that new wave stuff. You know that that was that Takashi six nine stuff. You know, oh, man. I don't know. You know that that, that, that new wave that these kids are. Um, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna be the old man. I'm gonna be like, okay, <laughs> y'all got. No, it, no, no, no. I know. I think it's cool. You know, to me, you know. I mean, I'm with that wave, so I mean, I like it, you know. Right. Go out there, do you dare to be different? <laughs> yep, yep. Hey, another good part was, um, you know, now the tight ends did not have any catches, but they did um, spread it around to the running backs, and they got some pretty good attempts. So they're trying to diversify things a little bit. Um, that uh, touchdown by Butts, that was a wheel route. The same real mm-hmm. route, uh, wheel route that uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Union. Uh, ran against us for a touchdown, so um, that's that's pretty good move right there to um, diversify things. And like we said in the first podcast, the wide receiver core is deep. So if you can yeah. spread that thing around and make it a little less predictable, man, it's gonna be deadly that that passing attack. So absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I just saw from based. I mean, based upon the limited views of what we've seen on this game, you know. Uh, a lot. Um, DeAndre gave a lot of people a lot of work, and I think the offense, from what we've seen this game, you know, I'm not going to say it opened up. It just felt more that they, you know, it felt more that he had more of a connection this game than last game. And I just think it was probably just more time, you know, he's had to deal with, you know, these receivers and these, and he actually started hitting running backs out of the backfield, you know, because I think from the Virginia Union game. 
you know, there was a lot of running running backs in the flat, you know, who could have at least, you know, could have gave him a good five or six yards that he hit. So that was a good thing. Yep, very true. So, yeah, man, uh, good victory, um, good good performances by everybody. They they uh, rebounded from that loss and uh, time to move on. So good win by the Pirates. Uh, nothing really bad to talk about. I mean, it was a nice victory. Anything that, uh, sure things that can improve upon, but was anything glaring from this game? Well, I would say probably, you know, the special teams play, but it wasn't that it was bad. I think that the special teams play was, um, you know, we did, I would say, I think we missed one field goal, um, and we, uh, we actually had a penalty on one kickoff where we kicked it out of bounds, you know. So those to me were certain things that I thought that we probably need to um, need to improve on. And you know what? I think the play right before the half, where I think we got the defense got a lot of penalties and actually put up, put the offense, you know, that kept that kept the Howard offense, you know, on the field, you know, for extended. For extended periods of time, you know, I think that, you know, that kind of is more of like a, I would say more of a discipline standpoint, you know, because literally that, I think they scored with like very few seconds left in the uh, first half, you know, and I think that score should not have happened, you know, it's just one of those, um, it was just one of those plays where I just, I wouldn't say it was undisciplined, I just think that it was a lot of mental errors. So I would just say just, if we can continue to clean up on some of these mental lapses, we'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. We did have uh, 16 penalties for 188 yards, so that ain't going to get it done uh, once we get in the Big South uh, play, so they got to tighten that up. But that's pretty much it, man. So a nice, successful weekend uh, for the Pirates and uh, HBCUs in general. So, yeah, let's move on to the Big South scoreboard. A lot of things going on. Interesting games this week uh, to talk about. Um, Monmouth beat Albany. That's interesting. Albany's a good. They're they're a good team. They they, they might be a playoff team this year. So, yeah. uh, Monmouth took care of them. I think that even went to overtime, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, Kennesaw State they beat Alabama State forty two to seven. Um, that was like, Al- Alabama State too. Oh, okay. So they beat them like that at home. Okay, beat them like a drum oh, in their br- in their nice side stadium. Yeah, that's that's all bad. <laughs> Um, North Carolina A&T beat Charleston Southern 27-21. I mean, I thought that would be a good game. Now it's like A&T is the hunted. Now, Hampton Knight, how things change. You remember a couple years ago, we would lose these games, meaning we HBCUs. Like, we could not win these types of games, but we're winning several of these games a year. So, um, and pr- good win by A&T to be because Charleston Southern was up for this game. They're um, definitely up for this yeah, game. Yeah, they were up. But they that Jamaine, I forgot his last name, but Jamaine, the running back for A&T, I was watching this game. He had 299 yards rushing. Oh, he was a, he was a monster. Yeah, he was he a monster. Was beast. And he could not be contained. No, right? I mean, right up the middle, too. Like, up the gut. I mean, that's something we should look out for maybe when we uh, play them. But uh, that was a nice win by A&T. Um, they know how to win. Like, they're champions, yeah. man. And that's a credit to their offensive line coach, Ron Mattis. You know, he, he's an ex-NFL guy, and he knows how to 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 get that offensive line moving. And just, I mean, just from what we have seen so far, you know, he has really, he's really got that running game going. 
Yep, yep. I, I am. I am. Uh, that's a nice program A&T has down there in Greensboro. And then the most interesting game, I think, man, was uh, Alabama, Alabama A&M beating North Alabama 31-24. to I watched this game. I watched the fourth quarter especially. And uh, at halftime, Alabama A&M was down 18 to nothing. Mm. And then they came back. Um, I guess uh, some of it at North Alabama went to sleep. Um, yeah. Then A and M started executing, and we we know how Maynard's offenses, especially, can execute yeah. against out of conference uh, foes. So they just started executing in the second half, and they took the victory. Um, Alabama and M. So props to them for that. But some of the fireworks came after the game when Maynard um, and some of the coaches in Alabama. A&M fans were talking about the treatment they received at North Alabama. You got some yeah. information on that, man. Well, I would just say, you know, it was from what from the accounts that were said from uh, some of the SWAT coaches and from Maynard himself, he said that they were, were treated to a different standard. He said that the Alabama A&M coaches who would coach from the press box were not allowed into the press box until after uh, North Northern Alabama fans were in the press box and they were allowed in late. One of them uh, started to voice his displeasure displeasure against one of the uh, against this rule, and there was a police officer who put kind of slightly put his hand on his I would say his standard issue Glock and said, uh, "You heard what he said." And I think that hey, if go that, and get he's like get no no I don't know but you know if that if that literally happened I think that would is very disgusting you know this is this this is I mean these are coaches you know these are leaders of young men and if someone had that type of attitude towards another coach or towards another uh, a state public employee then that, to me, I would say is very disgusting. And I think there were other um, incidents where uh, I think some of the Alabama A&M uh, staff were told that they had to wear their, um, their uh, I guess, their lanyards or their field passes across their neck, whereas the UNA coaches could just wear them from their, their belt buckle. And But the thing is, though, it's like it, theirs had to be visible at all times. And I think there was, uh, I guess the their athletic department did not uh, make all of Alabama A and M students who were not dressed or who were who made the trip. That I mean, I'm saying football players who made the trip but did not dress for the game. They had to pay, and so the university had to pay for that. And if that was the case, I would say that's very, I would say petty, very disgusting. And I hope. And it's still alleged because, I mean, even though uh, University, um, Alabama A&M's athletic department still has said these things, the UNA says they're still uh, they're still investigating. So and this is what I would say a conference mate uh, in the Big South. And I just hope that this this type of behavior allegedly does not happen when they come up here. To Armstrong because we lay out the red carpet for anybody. But if we go down there and we receive this type of uh, treatment, then 
I think they would have a whole different animal that they would see. And it would not end well for them. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, you know, some of it sounded like gamesmanship, which was unnecessary, yeah. right? It is unnecessary. But then you yeah. know, as a as a black man, how things can cross <laughs> over from uh, potential gamesmanship into something that's really uncomfortable and um, something that should be looked into. I mean, there's no reason to, like, put your hand on your gun and start... You know, yeah, making, uh, making I mean, that that takes it to yeah. a whole different place. You're already feeling uncomfortable being there in the first place. Yeah. And my thing is for the police officer that did that, you know, it's like it's like what in the world would convince you that this is that type of environment where people are going to that you need to um, to put your hand on a revolver or your standard issue sidearm, you know, to a football coach. You know, this is I mean, for that to even be thought of, you know, that to me is ludicrous, disgusting. And I would be, I mean, I mean, I know he probably has no shame in his game, but <laughs> that to me, that, that type of thinking, I think, would disgust me as a university. Yeah, you, you saw Maynard said in the interview that as long as he's coaching there, he's never playing them, playing them again. Yeah, and you know what? And he has a right to. And I would not want to play there either if I felt disrespected that way. And to be honest, you know, I, we have both, uh, I would say, felt that not going, not at Northern Alabama, but, you know, at other, I would say, predominantly white institutions. It happens. It's okay. I mean, we understand it. I know when we went, I our, one of our basketball programs played at one. This is a while back. And some of the players were, you know, saying go back to the ghetto. I mean, it's not the players. Some of the fans were saying that to us. It happens, you know. I mean, you got to kind of pick your spots. You know, a lot of us were, you know, visibly upset, but we just, I mean, what we do, go on the stands and fight people? You know, absolutely not. And just one recently where we played another university, I will not name their names, we had our kicker who was on the sideline, and some drunk fan, you know, was belting out words, you know, you know that word. I wouldn't say that. I mean, they were racially coded, and I just happened to look at them. And, of course, the minute I looked at them, at him, because I was in their stands, the minute I looked at him, you could see all the eyes on me like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? Is he going to say something to me? You know, and I had my wife with me, too. You know what? I'm going to go fight some little drunk. No. But, you know, I just gave him that look like, okay, all right, we tolerated it enough. You know, you can stop now. But yeah. so, and, you know, it's unfortunate, but it happens. Yeah, just I just imagine um, from a management perspective, like, what, just the phone calls that are going on right now. Because, yeah. you know, with the Big South, this can't happen. <laughs> it, it, this is this, this cannot happen. It can't get any legs. Like they gotta, <laughs> whatever the situation is, this has to be resolved quickly. So, um, yeah, unfortunate incident, man. I hope as we uh, uh, get more comfortable in this conference, we don't experience in those those kind of things. But that was, you know, some of the concern um, initially when we joined. So the uh, sad, sad situation for A and M. But it's probably made worse that they got the victory too. So Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to lose to a black school. Trust never. Me. <laughs> never. Remember when uh remember a long time ago we beat was it James Madison at their place. 
And remember, that coach lost it. Yes. He's like, let's replay it right now. <laughs> it was like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, but you know what, though? That type of, that type of, you know, mentality. And you know what was wild? It wasn't that, that I would, that James, that, not that James Madison coach, but the coach that followed him was the one who was a finalist for a Hampton University job. <laughs> that's, that's the funny thing. But, you know, it happens, you know, and this whole, I mean, you got to get over it. People lose to HBCUs, you know, we're not some poorly funded programs, you know. It happens. You know, just let it go. It's just a game. We lose to PWIs and we're like, okay, we lost. Yep. You know, I mean, my thing is just take the sportsmanship and just be okay with it. Yep. True indeed. So, uh, yeah, that's the other, that's the right. No more. No, there are no other interesting games in the Big South this week. Let's jump over to the MEAC scoreboard. A lot of Division One FBS beatdowns. I'd say an interesting game. This was another beatdown, but Coastal Carolina beat Norfolk State 46-7. to I say this is only interesting because, I mean, the pitchforks are out for Scott, man. For yeah. Charles Scott, the Norfolk State coach. Like, he wasn't supposed to win this game. No, he wasn't. He wasn't supposed he to be ODU. Like they are one and two, like they're supposed to. But man, he he don't he has no room for error. Man, they are ready uh, to to make moves. I, I think that's unfortunate. But um, yeah, any other games interesting from the Miac slate, man? They all pretty chalk. Yeah, they're pretty all chalked up. You know, I mean, Fort um, Fort Anne laid a whopper on Fort Valley State. You know, so. And you know, Gar- and Gardner Webb, which I wouldn't say is a a big South power. You know, they literally beat I would say a very I would say a very surprisingly terrible North Carolina Central program. Mile, my, oh my have they really fallen off? You know, off I a mean, cliff. even they I know, fell off a cliff. Yeah, and to be honest, you know, it's like I think you know it's a new program. You never know; they could probably blossom when it comes to the MEAC, but. I mean, from what we have seen so far, this, you know, and for some of these kids that already entered into the transfer portal <laughs> at North Carolina Central, <laughs> it's not looking good for them. And I don't know, they went from a contender status in, you know, the MEX, and now people looking at them like, you know, <laughs> as that cousin, you know, at the family reunion that, you know, kind of dabbles back in that street life, you know, can't really get it together now, so... You know, it's probably like um, Fr- um, Mac, who was it? Jerry Mac, who was their coach last yeah, couple of years when they were yes. winning. He moved on to Rice. Yes. I think he uh, ran out of Frazier's recruits. He probably couldn't recruit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think he probably knew. He was like, let me get out of here before they really find out that I'm a, a fraud or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then he left, uh, was it Granville? Or was it the last guy? I don't even remember his name. Uh, oh, Granville. Yeah, Eastman. Yeah, Gra- yeah, Granville Eastman. He left them with nothing. And I felt bad for Granville, man. <laughs> he, did, <laughs> he did the best he could with that little bunch of ragtag kids and Hey, but I mean, hey, you know what? Let's give this new guy the benefit of the doubt, and let's just see how it goes. Yep, yep, true. I, it, it, he seems he's saying the right things, and folks uh, seem to be supporting him here in Durham. So I, he still has the support of the people. So um, mm. I think they'll turn it around uh, eventually. So um, yeah, that's it with the Miac schedule, man. On to Liberty uh, this week, the Pirates. 
traveled to Lynchburg, Virginia to play the Liberty Flames at 6 p.m. Um, let's see. What do we know about Liberty? Uh, Jerry Falwell. <laughs> Lynchburg. Yeah. 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 Lynchburg. Uh, and he's vowing to be the next Notre Dame type of school. Not going to happen. So, yeah. And they have a coach that I would say, what did he, <laughs> he coaches from a hospital bed high above the stadium. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So they are, what are they, two and one? No. One, two. Uh, one in yeah. uh, one and two, lost to Syracuse, yeah. lost to the Raging Cajuns in Louisiana. Yeah, but they had a good win. Good win last week against Buffalo, thirty-five uh, seventeen. Yeah. So, what can yeah. you say about Liberty? Um, their quarterback is pretty good. He's accurate at times. They have, a, they have a very good receiver that is getting a lot of pro potential, pro yeah. pro looks. Yeah, so. so. They're a solid team. That's it. Yeah, definitely a solid program. You know, I mean, we we kind of know what this is about. I mean, this for us, we do not play money games. So let's go ahead. If any Liberty um, fans are listening, this is not a money game for us. This is a game because our president, you know, the university or our university president is very good friends with Jerry Falwell. And we have played Liberty in the past. So, I remember a couple times Liberty did come to Hampton and when they had that uh, veteran coach, then a former NFL coach, Sam Rutigliano. And um, I think I remember my freshman year, I think we beat them at uh, when they came up here. And I think we, you know, returned there and lost, um, you know, a couple of years later. But, um, you know, Liberty is a solid program. You know, they run out they're very, you know, very solid. And I mean, yeah, I just I think this is going to be a tough uh, a tough program for us to beat, and uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm not going to go uh, farther than that. You know, they have some very very good players, and I would say that that wide receiver, uh, it, um what is his name? Um, Golly, the is it? And I think it's um Golden, yeah, Antonio Golden, uh, Golden Gandy Golden, and he is a he is a machine. And I think Christian Angulo, Markel Valdez will have a tough time stopping this guy. And just last week, he had eight catches for 174 yards and two touchdowns. His longest was a 55 yarder. So this would be a tall task. You know, we knew this going in. So. All I could just say is uh, <laughs> hope for the best, pray for the worst. Hopefully, yep. I just what I hope the most about is we do not get any injuries. That's true, but you know, um, Virginia and Union beat us. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think we can be competitive in this yes. game. Um, and if it's if we are in it in the fourth quarter, then there is some potential there. But yeah. I think in order for us to win this game, like you said, their wide receiver is pretty good. Um, so what I imagine Liberty will do is uh, try and run the ball. Yeah, and run the ball. Get those safeties a little bit nosy in the yeah. backfield, and they're gonna go right over the top. So yeah, um, yeah. that's gonna be their game plan. <laughs> that's, that will, that will be mine. Yeah, um, yeah. And we'll see how we do with that. I think offensively. Yeah. We will have periods where we'll move the ball. 
Yeah. Um, but it has to be balanced. They have to run it. Yeah. And, yeah, um, we definitely need to run. And No, no, you're right. And I think for us, you know, we need to have more of a balanced offense. You know, Sean McKenzie needs to get to that sideline. Robinson needs to get there. We know Darren Butts got hurt. We don't know his status for the game. You know, we need to see um, – this um this new kid this um oh I don't even know how to pronounce his uh, last name number twenty eight I I don't want to mispronounce his name so I'm yeah. gonna just call him number twenty eight as of right now he is a good scat back you know you get him out in space you know he is lethal so I think if we can tire Liberty out somewhat you know I think we'll be okay I mean I'm not a predicting a win here because I think that might be a tall order. But I just think that we could probably bloody bloody them up a little bit and, you know, go about our way. (laughs) Yep. And you know who needs a good game? Ronald Bell. You know what? Absolutely. And you know what? He's pressing. Like, you watch the game, like, he's he's pressing. pressing. He's definitely pressing, you know. And I think sometimes the game needs to just come to him because we noticed he was pressing when, uh, when he played Virginia Union, where you know he caught a ball and down and downed it on the three yard line, and you can see it sometimes in his routes, like he's just trying to run it perfectly, you know. And my thing is, um, and or when they get when they pass them, you know, these little swing passes, you know, these bubble screen passes, you know, he's just trying to do too much. And my thing is, we know you know what you were successful with when you played all these years here. Just let the game come to you. You know, Francois will find you, you know, and I think that he's still the biggest mismatch that we have, you know, on paper. You know, it's really hard to guard that guy, you know, I um, and I would look for ways, you know, to get him out in the um, get him out in space, you know, let uh, let um, let uh, uh, Kieran and, you know, Jada Kiss, you know, put him on those wings and let uh let Bell, you know, kind of find his way in between those linebackers and those uh, and those zones. You know, he can find those holes. You know, and or if he's one on one, you know, you can run a lot of good drag routes. You know, deep or or deep uh, or deep dig, digger routes as well. So, you know, I think the potential is there. I just think that I think it's a kind of a it's not a new system. I just think that you know each quarterback has their own you know nuts and their own. Uh, ways of doing things. I I think he just not has not had the time to experience it as yet. Yep, very true. So yeah, I mean, if we keep we can get get going and uh, you know wake his offense up for the second half, will be good. One other thing that is interesting is if he continues with the play. I mean, Howard defense is not good, but we still may have the best player on the field in Francois. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. So if that 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 gives us an opportunity, so yeah, it does. We shall see. <laughs> it does, and I think that you know, I just think that I really wish we could have that Virginia Union game back, you know, because I mean, I know our guys, you know, we, we knew Virginia Union was gonna bring it because we 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 saw the Joe Taylor train coming, <laughs> and we, we knew that those guys had been you know, talking a lot of mess this whole summer. And, you know, to be honest, I know our our team just basically just kind of looked over them. And, I mean, we know that. But my thing is, I, we can't look over anyone else now. Everybody needs to, everybody needs to get it. Yep, that's true. So, 
I'm, I'm even crazy enough. I think I'm going to make that drive up there to this game. Oh no! I know, no. man. It's it's no, sir. It's, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm, it's I'm, crazy. I'm, it's it's two hours away. Oh man! I mean, good luck to you, man. I yeah, know. make sure. You know, are, are you going solo? Nah, my see, my wife's out of town, so it's just uh, me and the kids. So. I figure, uh-huh. man, we get there about five o'clock. Game starts at six, and yeah. if it's a blowout, man, as soon as it's as uncompetitive, I'm out. I, I am not going to be yeah. driving through the mountains of Lynchburg at like <laughs> nine o'clock. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just be careful, man. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is an HBCU over there too, man. That we have not talked about. <laughs> man, that ain't no school, man. That's a, I don't know what that place is, man. That's nothing but a diploma mail. But you know what? Let's not give them any fire, you know, because they did uh, put up twenty-eight points on us on homecoming. Yeah, that's true, man. Yeah, we're playing them again. So, um, yeah, yeah man. Wish me luck if I if I do uh, decide to head up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, you you'll be okay, you know. Yeah, yeah but yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, as always, go pirates.